0: Welcome back to another episode of DadCast. I am your host, JP, and joining me as always, co-host, Mr. Nick Martin, the tenacious one. How are you, sir? I'm good. Awesome. With us today is an amazing guest. He is, he's done it all, man. TV shows, comedian, movies, uh, politic craziness. Uh, He's disrupted the world. He's gotten in Twitter beefs. You name it. It is the man, the myth, the legend. You know him as Mr. Tom Arnold. How are you, sir?
1: It's great. Great. It's great to see you guys. You look like uh, you look like guys that could either be my sons or (laughs) my my best friends or my worst enemies. Oh, you sure? I'm hoping for best friends. It's great. Yeah, (laughs) let's let's go with the latter two,
0: man. I mean, We'll we'll decide how after this hour goes if we're enemies or not. But I don't think we're going to go that direction. Yeah. Yeah, So, Tom. the premise of this podcast, which uh, we're very proud of, it's very unique. We discuss all things dad, or at least we try to uh, put some emphasis on you know the incredible job and important job that being a dad is. Now, fair warning, every single episode we've ever done on this podcast has gone off the rails every single time. So we're going to do our best to talk about dads. But, of course, we got a lot of time to fill. We'll probably talk a little bit about the life of you as well, and we'll just see how it goes. So first of all, man... How are you and your family holding up during the crazy times that is COVID?
1: Well, again, I want to thank you guys for doing this podcast because, uh, because, because I like it because I'm a dad, you know, I, I live for my kids and I also want to know, get tips from other dads (laughs) on on things, you know, I'm not, well, COVID, my kids have been, I'm 62. I have an eight year old and a five year old. And, uh, and they're here most of the time. And, it's been we've been in quarantine. It's been wonderful. In my mind, I was like, this will be the best year ever. Uh, this will be life changing. You guys will remember this. You'll remember all the time with dad. You know, I have no idea what they're going to remember or what I would have remembered. But it forced us, you know, it's to, to be here together. My son just went back to first grade in person, first grade last week. And my daughter who's five. It would have been here last year of preschool. There's no way that I'm going to do zoom preschool, but up until then we were doing zoom class here and, uh, and just getting my son to focus on the screen that when it's not Minecraft or, <laughs> you know, or some, some video game has been a chore and it's been a chore for the teachers too. You know, I, I love watching They put up all the kids in the, on the zoom, and then they start just falling out, falling out and they disappear. And so I was worried it was, it was me and I was doing a bad job. But then I, you know, I could hear some dads and moms saying, "Get back in there, get back in there." Uh, but uh, it's also given me this great opportunity because he did uh, Zoom school in the morning, and then in the afternoon I have to go over everything with him. So I'm basically doing first grade again myself, <laughs> and it's fun to discuss this stuff and and uh, see what he got out of what the teacher said. And you know, there's always homework and going through that. Just hear his explanation. Of, of things of life. And, uh, and you know, and then at the end he has to all his homework, he has to take a video of his hands and him, you know, to set it in like, it's, it's like you're on probation from prison. (laughs) And they want to know where you are at all times because otherwise I I would just fill a lot of it out. Um, but it's been a, it's been a great experience. I'm grateful that we're on the, I'm grateful that I'm vaccinated. I'm grateful we're getting on the other end of this. And, uh, but, it's, you know, it maybe a little sad to take him to school, but that's, it's a good thing. Your kids should go to school. Oh yeah. 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 They need the
2: interaction with other kids in yeah. person for sure.
1: Yeah. And we, yeah, we have, we do have play dates over here and, and we're very like last night, I live in a nice neighborhood with nice people, a real, like not a fan, not super fancy, regular neighborhood. It's the first time the kids I've lived in a place where we didn't have a big gate out front or around the house of, so, we could see our neighbors, and you know, uh, uh, last time we were playing, the last thing to do each day is play this crazy game of horse that can go on a long time. And uh, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, the horse yeah, because we had to finish. You know, and it was like eight thirty, or it was not midnight. Although we've done it at midnight, but so. You know, it, we've learned to, uh, you know, it, to have, make ev- our house everything. Our house is, you know, the baseball field, the football field, the water balloon field. We have a small yard here, small compared to where I grew up, you know, in Iowa. And then we have the basketball, and then we just make games out of uh, out of everything. So, and then f- we had friends over, and it's like a party for these guys, and uh, a lot of outdoor activity. That's how... That's how we do it. Yeah, so. that's
0: what we've been missing, man. And you know, back to the whole Zoom education, we're both going through it as well. And uh, yeah. like yourself, both of my children, I have three, six, uh, 16, 10, and 7. And they're all actually back into school full time as of last week. And it's, I ain't going to lie. I mean, I enjoyed having them home, but...
1: It's, oh, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> we have some of our time back now and, yeah. and, and the work, you know, the, the whole year that the parents were expected to work and educate their kids and be home for them. And it was, it was a very hard juggle and we're just, I'm glad, like you said, we're getting near the other end. My second shot is due in four days. So I'll All be, right, I'll be great, vaccinated up. Um, well, but yeah, it that's, it's, it's crazy. It's kids should not be behind a computer learning in my opinion. I mean, I'm glad they got that during the time, but it's very, very thankful that they are back in Tom. Mm -hmm. So you said eight and five year old kids. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you've gotten this question in the past, but I got to know because I didn't go down too far. The Wikipedia hole on Tom Arnold, how is it? He got such a late start on being a father.
1: Well, you know, I always wanted to be a father and, uh, yeah, I said it, I said I did, and it's a good thing I did. Um, you know, I thought I got a very early start of being a father. I, I when I was eighteen, I was working at the Ormel Bee Packing Plant on the kill floor. I worked there for three years to mm-hmm. save money for college, and my seventeen-year-old girlfriend said she was pregnant, and I was like, "Okay, here it goes." Uh, this is this is how people work here. Forty-five years, they have a family, and that makes it worth it. You know, right? And uh, and I had to go. I the tub was in southeast Iowa, and she was across the border in Missouri. And I, I had to go tell her dad. And her dad, you know, I'm I'm six two, but her dad was six six, and he wanted to murder me when I told him his I'd like to marry your daughter because she is having a baby with me. And this guy just, you know, but he ended up giving me permission. And then my girlfriend, thank God, uh, told me that it wasn't true. And and uh, and then I thought, okay, I got it. I got another chance at, at life. And, uh, and then I could uh, have kids, you know, when I get married. And so my first uh, uh, wife, Roseanne, I, we got married when I was 29 or 30. And, uh, and I, I figured out, here's how I figured out I, it was trouble. When I went to the University of Iowa, uh, I used to donate blood and plasma every week for beer money, you know, <laughs> seven bucks. And I worked at the hospital school, right? And I loved the kids. But I saw uh, they put up signs for different jobs, and uh, and and what uh, what uh, they gave up and said donate sperm thirty five dollars, and I was like, holy hell, that's a way better I deal. So <laughs> and, and I went back to my house and told my roommates, and we all went down, six of us, and j- ran down there. You couldn't, we couldn't have got there faster because I was thinking thirty five dollars. This is back in in nineteen eighty two, and and, and uh, then you could do that. I assumed you could do it as many times as you could do it. So maybe three times a day, $105. And they had nickel beer back then. And so we came busted in there. They had the Iowa fertility clinic and they're like, slow down, boys. We have to test you. Yay. Who's first. And, and, uh, so, so they did and they came back and my buddies were good, but the doctor's like, I got some bad news, Mr. Arnold, you will never have a child the normal way. (laughs) <laughs> how many you don't have enough swimmers and I said how many swimmers do I have and he said three and I said that seems like enough and he's That's like right. well your friend there your friend has three million so it's not <laughs> enough so I knew, I, I knew like early on that I had issues and uh, it was great though after that because I we'd have parties and I I casually say to women you know I can't get anybody pregnant I just want to put that out there <laughs> like that would like that would make them more attractive to me and my insane roommate said, Hey, the good news is you don't have to worry about that. Maybe the worst thing I sweat on you and give you a staph infection. So you don't have to be, you won't be pregnant. But then when I uh, uh, got married uh, uh, to my first wife, uh, Roseanne, she had kids and I loved being a stepfather uh, for the time uh, before that, you know, but then we wanted to try. And I said, I, I have this problem. It's my issue. It's not yours. I don't want to do it in vitro because that, that requires you getting shot up a lot with hormones. And, uh, you know, <laughs> the last thing I needed was, was her with hormones. But I also cared about her. And I said, let's, <laughs> let's adopt. And, let, and this is what I've always said to all four of my wives. Let's adopt. Let's let's get a sperm donor. And, and for the, the entire time that Shaquille O'Neal played for the Lakers, he lived right next door to me. And, uh, and I would think, you know, uh, in Iowa, if you want to borrow a cup of sugar, you just go get your neighbor's house is say, can I borrow a cup of sugar? They're like, hell yeah. And so I thought, <laughs> there are many times I thought, because we lived on his cul-de-sac when everybody hung out, I need to get a cup of shack. Because seriously, if I have a seven-foot-tall black son, I'm going to be the happiest guy in all of the states. And, uh, <laughs> but, but that wife even said, no, I really want to try. And Roseanne and I tried six times. It didn't work. And then, and then seven times, my second wife, and, uh, uh, and then seven more times with my third wife. And, uh, and then, so, and by the way, all three of those women, uh, got married right after, uh, right after we were together and had babies the, the normal way. So I didn't ruin them, ruin their bodies. And I was very relieved about that because I thought, you know, I had some guilt. Uh, but my, my fourth wife, I didn't plan on getting married and I said, well, I do want to have a family and, and, uh, and so I can't, I'm not going to put you through a vitro. I've been there and it's too, you know, it was too, I've also been been pregnant with a wife for months and then had that go away. So I said, I'm not going to do that to you, you know, uh, but uh, I will I'll adopt or well, whatever. And then, and then, you know, she said after we we're married a bit, listen, I feel that uh, I don't hold your wreckage of your past against you. But I feel you're holding it against me because you won't let us do in vitro. And then we went back and forth and I said, OK, let's let's try it. And it did work, it did work, it did work. And then uh, uh, and then we said, okay, that's it, we were, you know, I really appreciate you trying. And then we had a, a thing, because I've always used the same uh, fertility doctor, so I had to go down there and kind of close the uh, uh, accounts. And, and uh, I still had, she still had one egg down there and he still had one sperm, literally. This single is, you know, because they so good with it. And, and he said, and, 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 uh, you know, he said, uh, uh, you know, that, That's not enough to, to juice you up with hormones. And I, and so she was very disappointed because to her, you know, and to me, one sperm, one egg, you know, and then, but uh, he said, um, uh, I said, it's too bad that science hasn't caught up and and there's something you do on the man because the woman has to go through all the shit and the man, you know, when science catches up, we'll be back. And this guy's been a friend of mine. He was my neighbor, this brilliant fertility doctor, Richard Mars, M-A-R-R-S. He said, well, actually, Tom, there is something I'd like to try to man. And, uh, <laughs> I said, and my, I saw my wife's ears perk up and I go, well, then I'm your guy. What is it? He goes, so I was thinking about uh, uh, making a decision in your uh, scrotum and taking your testicles out and then putting a needle right in there in case it's your tubing. And I was like, okay, Hey, run that by me the hall next time. And now I'm in yeah, front of my own yeah. lady. And now I fucking have to do it. So, I went in and did that, and they found yeah, they found one new sperm, and they put it, that, something called ICSI, where they take a needle that's that small and inject that one sperm into her egg, and uh, nine months later, we had my son. It was a miracle, and, uh, and then my daughter, Quinn, my son, Jax, my daughter, Quinn, you know, uh, we were not really together, and uh, we were having our issues of making plans to uh, uh, divorce and things, and uh, and I was I was over at the, the house one or my house I was in my office and we we're still living in the same house, and uh, and the phone rang it was a cryo bank in Long Beach, and they said you we're trying to get a hold of you we don't have your new business manager and you owe us seven hundred dollars I said why and they said because we have this frozen embryo from four years ago, and I was like uh, and then my my wife uh, at, at the time heard that and just drove straight to Long Beach. And, uh, and she didn't really get juiced up like you're supposed to with a hormones for it to stick. But uh, nine months later, our daughter was born. And so that was a miracle. And, and uh, you know, people were like, uh, I had people say, I said, whatever I get, whatever I'm blessed with, if I have to adopt. But, you know, now they have my, I have a child, my son, and people would be like, yeah, but a daughter. I go, yeah, that's not going to happen. I've got, I've been more than blessed. And uh, I have to tell you, it is different. It isn't and it? I'm just grateful. It's great. I'm so
0: grateful. We're in the same boat. So I got a six, like the 16 year old stepdaughter, but my first born, uh, you know, blood was my son, and then next one was the daughter. So two swings, two hits, one boy, one girl, and the there's parallels, but raising them is it, it's a completely separate thing. And we seem to get into this every podcast, Nick, mm-hmm. when we talk how how <laughs> different it is raising a daughter versus your son. And, and yeah. how oh, yeah. much more <laughs> delicate you need to be when it comes to almost everything, whether it be, mm-hmm. you know, punishing them and teaching them and learning them. And even the way you talk, it's just, it's a crazy adventure, man. And, I, and I'm
1: very excited and stoked for you that, I mean, yeah. it, it took a little time, man, but yeah, I did here take you are. Time. 54, I was 54 when I had my son and 57 when I had my daughter, but you know, it's not their fault. Their dad's old. You got to give it, you got to get up and do it all with them. You know, we just had a big game over here with my daughter, a more gentle game. Uh, I always like to spend a little extra time with her, with uh, her brothers at school. And and uh, very sweet. And she likes to do, she lo- worships her brother, but he sometimes treats her like a, a little brother, you know, and I have four younger brothers and that, and I know how I treated them and, uh, and it makes it tough. And, and that's another thing about being so close together with, with the COVID stuff is, you know, she can't. Has been able to go to her girlfriends. They, you know, time alone with each of them is extremely important to both of them, and uh, that's something I've, I've tried to convince their mother of. And uh, 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 but I, I just don't take for granted. If she says, "Let's play this thing," let's get on the floor and play this ice cream game. I do it, and I'm, I'm you know, I love it. I love it. Let me ask you a question, though. To yes. the, uh, uh, the who has a sixteen-year-old stepdaughter. Yes. Now, is your wife live with you? Yes. Okay, I always have to ask that because sometimes they don't. And, she's, uh, she's currently so, right out there hanging out on the, uh, on the oh, ocean. Oh, good, good. Well, let me just say this. from You know, Roseanne had, uh, when I, we got married, she had an 11-year-old son, uh, a 13-year-old daughter, and a 14-year-old daughter who lived with us. And I loved it. But I'm going to tell you, getting in between <laughs> mother, a teenage girl and her mother, first of all, my experience, it's the – the biggest—I can't even describe the relationships and love, hate. Uh, you know, at a certain point, because of genetically or our DNA, our kids are trained. They know they leave the nest like a bird. That there's something inside of them that uh, that uh, that they—it's time to leave at a certain point. And and uh, but I'll tell you those arguments. You know, I try to get in and break them up, or or you know, and then I had uh, both of them turn on me. So yeah. oh, uh, you know, you, almost you, weekly. You, <laughs> I. I, I <laughs> it it hasn't
0: changed man and it's the same you know we we found that yeah but think about 95 percent of all the guests we talk to when it comes to stepchildren or even their own children this is spot on nail on head that is exactly what it is and it happened 30 minutes before we got on with you i'm gonna give you an example (laughs) and it's and it's the biggest pile of shit excuse i've ever heard in my life you know here it comes you ready she comes she walks down the hall I'm sitting on the couch. I was actually doing a deep dive on YouTube on Tom Arnold. Uh oh, I watched yeah. the I watched the Hot Ones episode. Crack me up, man. We'll oh, talk wow. about that later. You poor son True. of a bitch. Yeah. That that, <laughs> that looked difficult. <laughs> That's a you real know. show. Oh, I know. She yeah, so yeah. she walks by and she goes, JP, can I can I eat in the food eat in the bedroom? No, since she was two years old, no food in the bedroom. That's just one of the yeah. house rules, right? Yeah. 16, she, can I bring the food in the bedroom. I just look at her. No, <laughs> uh, but I'm 16 now. Yeah. I don't care if you're 80. This is a rule. And then, yeah. then the attitude came and then, you know, we had to yell and, and, and it's just the mind and the hormones yeah, yeah. that they're all crazy. It's literally a, a heated argument started over the fact that she couldn't take a ramen in her room. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. who and that's a mild one. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. want to get in between the mom and her when they're when they're going at it. Yeah,
1: that is difficult. But you're in a position where you have three kids and the other two, she's the oldest. And so if you let her eat uh, her ramen noodles in the room, then you're setting up and that's what I would go to. You want your you know, you know what ants are, right? I would do the whole thing and your brother, your little brother, your little sister, yep, they see that. And then they're going to start doing it. And uh, But, it, you know, it's also when you're about to do a show or something. You said it was, written, it was a half hour ago or 15 yeah. minutes. Man, you just got to in your head go, is this going to be worth it, this this argument? You got to – and you were strong because I would have gone, okay, I'm getting ready to do a show. i got those guys. We're going to be on here live. Um, th- I'd throw a towel down on her bed or wherever she was going to eat so she didn't ruin it and say, okay, this one time one time. And I so I give in, you're, yeah, but you're good. But you're, you know, you also have a wife backing you up, man. Yes. You know, your partner, you have a partner, uh, uh, but, but you're right. You're right. You know, I'm, I'm learning, I make a lot of mistakes. And, uh, and, and then I try to, to each night go, okay, what could I have done better? And, you know, again with a girl and I, I don't want to sound, but if my son says, I'm going to stay here in the whole, and I'm going to lay on the floor, I'm not going anywhere because, because uh, I said go to his room. You pick your son off the floor. My son weighs 130 pounds. He's first grade. He's a big kid, big head taller than everybody. And I, I will pick him up off the floor and carry him to his room because you are not disrupting this. The our life out here. We're going to peacefully do what we were doing. Right. And you were out of control for a minute. So just go in your room. And uh, but I, I do. I don't seem to have those issues with my. Uh, daughter. But I, the last thing I am saying, girls are, are smarter than boys. It's just a fact, just a fact. And I can tell the way, you know, because my daughter, even though she's much smaller than my son can make him cry, make him weep. Oh, same here. You, know? yeah. you, you
0: mentioned it earlier and, and I never put it into perspective or thought of it that way, but you are 100% correct yeah. when you said the little sister treats the big brother like the little brother. And yeah. that is exactly yeah. what happens with mine, my, my yeah. two. And yeah. my boy is more sensitive too than than all the other kids. And he just he takes it and then, you know, has a meltdown. And I keep telling Little why are you treating him so bad? He's your brother. He's your big brother. He's your protector. And I go to him, why are you crying? She's your little sister. What yeah. why are you taking that? You're the man here, son. You know, ignore yeah. it, take it, leave the room, do what you gotta. <laughs> No, they're not applying anything. Nick, no, you're laughing. No. Yeah,
2: you've been through I this. I am laughing. I've been through it. <laughs> yeah,
0: you
1: have?
2: yeah so you my have? kids are all older, and my, my wife and I just had a, a baby last year. So my kids are 14 years old to 22. So I was almost done. I got remarried. My wife didn't have kids. She's like, let's let's have a baby, and I was fixed. So we had to do the in vitro thing, and um, they worked out and we have a 10 month old little boy. Oh my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's awesome. It's it's yeah. weird being a parent again, though. Like yeah. going back when I was younger, it was like it, a lot of things were easier, Yeah, but now, you know, the financial part's easier. The yeah. responsibility part's a lot easier. Yeah. And, you know, not worried about all kinds of stuff, but just watching my older kids interact the way what you're explaining now is yeah. hilarious. It's like, yeah. it, it doesn't get better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I realize. That's it like, does <laughs> 10 months, man. That's the best time because you got them right here. Yeah. Right here. You could go take them over here, give them a bath, feed them, put them here, you know, and and, uh, and they're not running anywhere. They're not scree- They're not, you know, they cry, but that's nothing. And they're not causing trouble. One doesn't want to go that way, and the other that way, and just that that baby time is the best. And, uh, oh,
2: it's it's awesome. It is it is so good.
1: Unless
0: of course you take it to Las Vegas like Nick did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: so yeah, we uh we Tom, took the time. I want I want you to
0: meet my my daughter. That I was talking about. She, oh. She's coming in here. She's okay, and, and you'll understand why I'm in so much trouble too. Okay, come here, yeah. real quick. Come on, girl. You got to say hi to Tom.
1: Tom Hello, Arnold, here. this is hi. my daughter, Chloe. Yeah, she is. Hi, Chloe. Let me see. Is, has he got you a car yet? Because I was 16. I had a car. Well, I actually did buy her a car, but then I sold it. <laughs> yeah. It was Why? one of those fights we were talking about earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you can buy your own car. Chloe, you get a job, sell stuff on the internet of your folks. Are you do you, want, are you on social media? Am I on social media? Yeah. Um. Yeah, kinda. Oh yeah. Are you? Uh. What's your big? What's your? What's your hobby? What do you do? What do you do with your time in your room with your ramen uh, noodles noodles? Um,
0: <laughs> with your ramen noodles, yeah. You're <laughs> attempted <laughs> at ramen noodles. You're gonna get me in yeah. trouble, Tom. <laughs> I'm um wiccan, so I spend a lot of my spare time doing that kind of stuff. She studies wiccan. Are you still in school? What's that? She studies wiccan. Basically, she wants to be oh, a yeah, witch. Yeah.
1: Are you a white witch? What do you say? Are you a white witch? Yes, hesitantly. Do you have a, a doll that looks like <laughs> your stepdad there that you could do stuff to? You know, I was married to a white witch. I was married to, I've seen a lot of Wicca stuff in my life, my first wife. And then, uh, and then she, you know, and then when you break up with somebody that has all those skills or then they try to they try to hurt you. Is, is her mama, is your, your mama also in Wicca? studies Wicca. Okay. Well, you know, I have to say for, for, of all the things to rebel with, I'm not saying you're rebelling. Like I, I give you, but I, I feel really good about that. You know, I feel good. Yeah. Go that way. You know, my, my kids were Jewish, but if all of a sudden they go, Hey, I'm going to study Wicca. I'd go, okay, we'll do whatever you you know, whatever you want. Yeah. It's better than doing meth, right? Uh, do you have a boyfriend? Last question. Do you have a, a, a man or a woman friend that's, yes, I I you know, boyfriend. first boyfriend just happened a couple weeks first ago. My oh my God. Well, he's very lucky and he's lucky you have such a nice family. And, and, and before you get married, my sister was married. When she was 14. And they they're having a documentary series about her in a couple weeks called the queen of meth for real. Cause she was a, Uh, And my mom was 16. And my advice is pace yourself uh, and uh, make sure that this guy deserves you because your family is also excellent. And I don't know how his family is, but you check into that because if you want to have a long marriage, you want to marry somebody that knows how to be a family and whose family will support you. You know, and, and uh, you certainly have a great family. Well, she's going to got at beautiful. least
0: 10 years before she gets married. So, you know, I know,
1: no, just she's you got to put a seat in there. You're beautiful. You're, you're you know, yeah, and you have all everything going. You're smart, beautiful. You have a great family. So you'll, you'll, whatever you want in this world, it's yours. That's a fact. And you don't even need Wicca for that, but I'm telling you, it's true. <laughs>
0: she said, thank you, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. And there she goes. There's, there's, so happy there's the daughter.
1: Just had, just had her first boyfriend. Beautiful, huh? That's a way to pace, uh, you know. Because that's heartbreaking too. I, <laughs> said I don't want to. <laughs> that could be to get, you know. First of all, you, well, we want our kids to be loved and liked. And uh, you know, I've had issues with my son because he's so much bigger than other kids. Trying to mix it up with big kids, right? And they don't want anything to do with them when they find out he's, you know, he just turned eight. You know, and then, you know, but they got to learn to get out there without us and uh, and learn to engage with people. And uh, but it's scary. You know, you never want uh, your first your first boyfriend, your first breakup, your first whatever. Uh, I just can't even imagine.
0: Yeah, I'm not looking forward to. I mean, you know, the numbers game says that that boyfriend and her are going to break up sometime in the very near future within a year. I mean, just statistically speaking. And. I don't, I don't, you know, you never want to see your kids hurt hurting or broken hearted, but you know, this is my, I, think
1: she'll, I suspect she'll hurt him. So if that yeah, makes-
0: <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, you can't tell on the camera, but her yeah. mom as well. So mom is five, nine and a half, 120 yeah. pounds. Chloe yeah. is now five ten, taller than oh mom at 16. Sweet. And okay. we're talking your prototypical supermodel frame and yeah. they're pretty to boot. So yeah. God help me. I I,
2: I,
1: I could use prayers because I'm going to need to cross this bridge
2: anytime soon. Yeah,
1: exactly. (laughs) You know, that's the thing about the COVID and the pandemic. You do start thinking about living a day at a time. And, you know, you see all this stuff going on around the world and you do, you you know, uh, at least I do. I'm sober, uh, uh, but that helps. But, you know, with the kids, like, you don't, we didn't know when this thing was going to end or there'd be school or this or that. So, you know, every day I'm like, well, let's let's make the most out of today and then let's see, you know, as a parent, you have to think ahead, you know, a lot, a lot of things. But really, we've been, you know, trying to spend to, to focus on each day and not be, you know, because at the end, at least in my head, the end of every story in my head is just not good. And so you want to soak it up and, and enjoy each day. And, uh, and I'm certainly you guys are certainly doing that.
0: We're trying, man. You know it. This this whole adventure with the the, uh, the dad cast too is 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 helping. I worked twenty years; it still do in radio. I don't know if you can tell by the voice, but uh, I. I can
1: tell And Nick,
0: he uh, has been doing concert promotions for the past you know twenty years, 20 years. and yeah. that those two career paths are how we met um, here yeah. in Southern Oregon. And during the COVID, when it started, again, we're talking about things you know, lights at the end of the tunnel and, and, and the good things that have come out of this pandemic is this, he came to me and said, you're the guy, let's do a podcast. And what should we do it about? And I'm like, he says, we're dads. I named it. And here we are. And it has snowballed and matured into interviewing celebrity dads and humanizing them to show that, you know, you're just like us for the most part. (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. True. Very, unfortunately, that's true. Right. It's really true. We're all, we're all, you know, you like to think, uh, you know, as a dad, a little bit, but our life's different a little bit because I have to be aware of, you know, where we go what we do, uh, my kids are sensitive about people paying attention to me. Uh, but on yeah, the other hand, I wanted to ask about that. Yeah. That, but on the other hand, they like it when, you know, uh, uh, you know, I get a bunch of positive attention uh, be, because people have seen movies or whatever. And, and and I know that both of my kids have bragged about that. Not to me. You know, <laughs> I, I actually heard my son say, my dad is Tom Arnold. I mean, it's like he found out that one day because uh, before the, uh, their mom moved out, you know, we didn't watch Tom Arnold movies. <laughs> there's a, there's <laughs> a kind of a, and I thought that's just not good. A lot mostly of them are not for kids. And, uh, but once uh, once she moved out, you know, the kids just discovered things will come up that we watch a show. And because I've done such a variety, you know, I've been in a, over 130 movies. Odds are it's going to, my face going to come up somewhere. And, and they, it to, for them to realize that uh, I was that Tom Arnold, you know, they well, they know me as dad. But then, you know, and I, I have heard him say, uh, my dad's Tom Arnold, you know, like yeah. that, and, you know, like I'm, uh, uh, Isn't you know, that
0: something new for you though i mean you have been going through the last 40 years of your life as you know the celebrity movie star tv star and all facets of of you know the whole genre and mm-hmm. now you are now known by your children as that so. guy that can be that to me would be like a whole new level of awesome oh my gosh my kids now yeah, yeah. are like my dad's often awesome because he's in movies or whatever
1: <laughs> yeah i think that that would be Wonderful. I think that when you have kids, you do give up your, your, yeah, you know I, mean? I mean, you're like number two, number three. You know it immediately. You know, I, I'd always, because I had a weird uh, family growing up. My dad raised myself, my sister, the Queen of Beth, and, and my brother. And uh, we, uh, our mom was, would come in and out, and she was alcoholic and crazy, did drugs. And so it was. It was different. If you grow up in a family like that in a small farming community, people are going to give you shit all yeah. the time. you better be ready to fight everybody, and uh, and uh, so. But I think that that the way my fame or whatever you call it, like people that see me know me, and it's been it hasn't been like some uh, untouchable uh, uh, movie star that you just imagine. It's been like a guy that you know. You know, I've been married before. You probably know who. You've seen me do very personal things, and and, and that's a great thing, you know. And uh, and I think, and it's also, you know, and also going be divorced from their mom, you know. Uh, there's a, there's because you're not getting the kids aren't hearing anything good about Tom Arnold over there. Exactly right. the opposite, and so uh, I don't I don't uh, I don't say anything negative ever about their mother. Uh, if she pulls a stunt in the yard or does something very inappropriate in front of the kids, which it always is, or calls the cops or does whatever, right. then I will, uh, after I show the cops the video of what didn't happen, uh, I will, uh, I'll tell the kids, Hey, you know what, what just happened was not okay. What your mother did. I don't treat her like that. I, 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 I don't want anybody, I would treat you like that. And, uh, I, you know, we take a moment because my dad would never say, you know, he didn't want to bad mouth with my mom, but she come over at like at Christmas and knock down the tree and just be lisping and t- drunk. And, and he never said, you know what? You just saw kids that that wasn't okay. And I knew that my mom was not a mom. I mean, I knew that I don't remember them together, but she would say, she actually said, I'm not maternal. You know, uh, this isn't for me. I'm not going to tell you, I love you, but I'm going to touch your knee once in a while. And then you'll know. And she, when she came over, she'd bring a dollar. That's why I wanted her to come over. Cause I can get 10 candy bars for a dollar. <laughs> and, uh, and you also know when people don't want to be with you kids. I'm aware of that all the time because as a kid, you know, I had one grandmother that, that really didn't say anything, but she loved me so much and everything I did. And just like sitting by me, sitting next to me and cooking for me. And my grandpa, my grandpa, Tom, you know, he's a badass. He's a big uh, guy. He was a, uh, in sports, a big, and he, once in a while he'd get mad at me we're skinny squirrels or something that did it wrong. And then she would just give him a look like, and then he'd have to come back out and go, listen, I know you're, your grandma's favorite. I just got to say, I'm sorry that whatever happened, but and, you know, sometimes you should have got mad at me, but you know, you get that feeling. And, and I think that, my sister never heard, oh, what just happened to your mom? So she had a, a, a twisted sense of reality. And so when my sister, I moved out of my uh, dad's house when I was 15 because I wanted to fucking party. And I wanted to grow my hair. And uh, and uh, and then moved in with my mom. And you could do all that. <laughs> you could do it. She didn't care right. what you did. And my sister did it when she was 14. And she worked, those two were best friends. They went to bars together. They, you know, they had pictures taken of Sears together, which you can see on that documentary, which is so weird. But my mom, you know, because she'd married my dad at 16. I don't know what was, she was alcoholic. She took my, jay, my sister. She found out she was dating this 23 year old scumbag from our town. There's a lot of them. And she said, you ha- you can either break up with him or I'm having him arrested because, you know, he's a serial pedophile or you can marry him. And my sister's 14, you know, thinks she thinks she has her shit together. It's like, well, they were getting married. And so my mother drove them to Missouri and made her marry this, this guy who had already been divorced from a 15 year old. And then and it ended up beating her and cheating on her with a 12 year old. I ended up having to go over there, you know, because as you guys know, you know, it, sometimes you have to fight adults, but <laughs> you don't, you know, but I went over there and got her and, uh, that just that mistake that because she was not a mother, she was not, that was such a right. terrible thing to do to your child. And that changed the tra- trajectory of my sister's life because she'd been doing great in school. She was a good athlete. People liked her. And then suddenly she was married to this scumbag and limited their little apartment. And I just remember my, I found out mom was driving them down there, mom and Kenny, her sixth six out of seventh husband. And I called my dad and said, we got to get on the highway we got to block them. We, where do you think they're going to Lancaster to uh, wherever? And, and we did do it. And then she, my mom came home with, I said that I'm wasted as always. And, and my sister wasn't there because she moved into her apartment, her life. You know, you talk about an end of innocence and, and, you know, you hear a lot of stories about, you know, what you worry about as a father, your daughter's virginity or son's virginity, but this is, you know, this was the uh, really, the end of innocence with that's her and her life. A whole other level. Yeah, can you believe that? Could <clears throat> you believe that? And so no, that's you know, the documentary. I'm sorry, that's a
0: crappy good. mom.
1: Yeah, it is a crappy mom, and uh, and so my sister is up in prison two times and being the biggest meth dealer, dealing with a Mexican uh, cartel, bringing meth to the Midwest, and you know, prostituted herself, you know. Uh you know, they don't call it that, but she went and lived with a woman who read all the big card games in our town, the high money ones, and she had girls living with her. And and she she could supply drugs, girls, or play cards. And uh and you know, my sister was like, This is so amazing, she's taking me in. And so soon my sister's like, Well, if she's making this on drugs, I bet I can make more. And then she'd put her business skills together and just it, you know. But that that mistake and those we all make mistakes, guys. Uh, as fathers, we make mistakes. You know, and we say things we shouldn't. We, you know, I always uh, apologize too. I don't. Oh, I mean, I probably don't always apologize because I don't know what I did. But uh, but if I blow up and you hear you hear the bad words, and uh, you know, get your ass off the floor and get it. You know, uh, we all heard worse when we were younger. But then I'll go ahead and talk and say I'm sorry. Uh, I do remember our dad apologizing to us. I don't remember everything about when we were super young, but I do know one time my youngest brother of the of the, the original three of us uh, swallowed the babysitter's hearing aid. Oh, no. and, uh, and dad screamed at us and then he apologized. And we had to sit there. Our babysitter was deaf and we had to sit there until my brother pooped <laughs> to get her hearing aid back. <laughs> and uh, and uh, dad would say, Daisy, are you okay? And she'd be like, What? <laughs> uh, and, uh, but, uh, you know, I'd actually put the, here he ate his mouth. I did, you know, I should have been yelled out, but he came and said, I'm sorry about that. That really stuck in my head. And so I do, my kids say I talk too much, but when I, when I do something that was, you know, out of line with, you know, I will sit with each of them privately and say, I'm sorry that that happened. And, you know, I'm going to do better. And then to keep talking until they make, they they're like, that's enough. But, You know, that's a, there's big mistakes that you, uh, we are
0: not going to make. Nope. You know, and I I was fortunate, you know, myself, my story, my, my dad got divorced to my, from my mother when I was two or three, I don't remember that, but then remarried uh, my stepmom when I was seven and Mm -hmm. they were together from, you know, five years old to seven. So the formidable years that I I can remember my stepmom was my mom. You know, I, I still visited my mom. She wasn't bad. I just, it just. Distance and I didn't see her much. She had a much closer relationship with my siblings. So my stepmom mm-hmm. was my mom. And my dad was just top-notch. I'm lucky. He was a great, great, great man. So I that the foundation was set in me to be the good dad that I am to my children. And I'm pretty proud of that fact. And you know, everything I do and everything I will do, to you know, to the day I die, even when they're adults, it's it's for them to have a quality. A quality of life that, you know, they can tell their kids about how great their dad was. At least I hope that's, you know, if I'm half the dad, that my dad was to me, I'm 100% successful.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, another thing too, you were a stepkid and yes. I was also a stepkid because when I was 10, dad married the next door neighbor, you know, cause he, he, he didn't get out much. And, and he <laughs> asked us that uh, there was a three of us still, and she had two little kids. I said, can I, do you guys mind if I marry her? And of course, we said, "Of course, you can," because we wanted our dad to be happy, and, and 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 she didn't. She wasn't a big fan of me, and I'm sure I made it hard on her because we'd had our dad to ourselves. I did too, and uh, and, and so then they immediately had two more kids, so then there were seven of us, and you know, I was older and bigger, and, and uh, you know, I did I didn't dig her corporal punishment stuff, and and so eventually, I felt like outside of the family. And then I moved in with my grandparents, who uh, who were wonderful. Except the first day I lived there, when I was twelve, I came home with a black eye from school, which happens a lot. And and I was eating with my grandpa and grandma, and my grandpa just buried her head, her face, in her hands, and started weeping. This isn't the one that doesn't talk. This is Dottie Dort's the one that didn't talk much, and just started weeping. And my grandma's like, "What's up?" What's what's wrong with you? And Steve, it was because of my eye. She see my a, a black eye, a simple black eye. And I knew then. oh, I, I'm not going to be here long. right? Because, yeah. You know, And uh, but I think that it taught me how to be a better stepfather because I know what it feels like to be, uh, to be treated less, uh, uh, you know, and, uh, and and being a stepfather is such a privilege, a stepmother, a stepfather, such an honor and privilege and uh I just I've got I'm very with Rosansky, I was very cognizant of uh you know that feeling like oh that's my stepmother my stepfather or, or how everybody's uh treated a little less you know and uh uh so you know I try to be you know better and also my family I have stepbrothers, half brothers you know and, and and even the kids next door I knew since they were bored, so we don't it, it in our family, people getting along. There's no, you know, dip. We've grown up. It's been really good because everybody you get along with some part of the family, and it may be your half brother or your your step better than the other parts, and and uh, and so I think it, it it in ways it's been good because you can't get along with everybody. If you got seven, no. you know, somebody's fighting. Somebody's politics are different. Somebody, you know, uh, you know, parents different or whatever. And uh, so I think it's, it's a blessing. Absolutely. It is. And my
0: dynamic as being a stepdad with her. Um, her dad is in her life and he's awesome. Oh, he's, he's a great guy that's too. A, that's the yeah. best. So, you know, yeah. the only issue, if you want to call it that with parenting is the different styles and the different households, they have both have different rules and, you know, she'll spend some time over there, get used to it. then come over here and be like, ah, it's different. And then, back over there. Ah, it's different. So yeah. we, you know, we're bouncing between that, but if that's the least, it's hard list, to, have,
1: it's hard to, we're to good. uh, I, I hear that a lot. And, uh, and, and what I found, my experience in this case is that, uh, you know, uh, I, my ex-wife wants to be in the house, in my house too, and telling, uh, telling everybody, uh, what to do. And, uh, and, you know, when you have, I, I wish we could co-parent, but, but we've been unable to, because I would love to get the best of her. You know, she is my kid's mother yeah. and the best of me because and then put that together. And it may be, you know, they can have a, a similar rules or or whatever, similar food or similar. But but you've got to respect each other. And there needs to be uh, at least fake it. You have to fake respecting each other in front of the kids. And that, you know, it's not just because I'm an actor that I, I could do that.
0: No, but uh, that's uh, real. Yeah. That's real talk.
1: That's, but, but yeah, it is. Yeah. And you, you know, you're, you know, this woman, uh, had my children. She is the mother of my children and you just can't get over that. You look at them and you, and, and, and her, and, uh, you, I think, Oh, I'm going to have this love for her for do for doing this forever. And so let's get over your shit. You know, let's, you know, uh, and, and I assume you feel the same way. So what, what we have in common is the most important thing to have in common is these two kids. So you need to, everybody needs to get over themselves. And, uh, you know, I also come from a, you know, uh, my, 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 the way I look at marriage is to, you don't, you, of course you're in it to win it. You're in it forever. You don't break the big rules the, you just don't, the big rules, you don't break them. And people can break them and deal with it, but I just don't, you don't do that. Because uh, my thinking was, I'm not going to be that guy that has to, has lives in regret forever because I did something atrocious in this. And it's also just the way good people operate. And, you know, you got to have each other's backs. You, you, I I say you look at the family because I speak from experience and, uh, and I'm sure that, uh, you know, uh, you know, I've, I've learned a few things, but that's a, that's kind of my, my theory of, uh, you know and, and and you don't want to go to court all the time and I'm so gra- jealous of you and, and uh, <laughs> your ex your, your wife's ex uh, because that is the way for the kids that is the way to do it and and if they see kids suddenly feel friction between their parents a lot oh, yeah. and it's the worst thing for the kids and there's once in a while you have to have a frank conversation with you well why don't you you know why don't well, why doesn't Bob come over here? Well, she's invited all the time. And by the way, every time she invites me, I could, I got ramped right to her apartment. I laid on her bed with you for four hours when you're sick. So this is what I do. And maybe one day, you know, but one day she'll, she'll get to a place where, well, you'd hope you so, man, but you know, people are, don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not counting on it at all. Yeah. Because, now, do you, you, know, you have full custody. I know it's personal, but are you, oh, we have, we have 50, 50 custody Okay because of uh, dad, daughter, son, son, dad days, you know, it's, you know, they they spend more time here, but also, you know, uh, uh, when I, when I work, you know, and I haven't worked a lot in the last year and a half, but, you know, like I had to go to Italy to film two movies, so I had to be for a certain period of time. And so everything, unfortunately with us has to be in a stipulation uh, in writing. And then, so I, I get the kids for, that period of time, right when I get back, and so uh, my my dream is to work and then have my kids, like to go and film a movie or film movies, and then the rest of the time have the kids here. And uh, you know, I, I think that uh, you know that's that's wishful thinking, but you know, so far, and, and I will say this about going to court, and we've been to court uh, each time she's filed uh, domestic violence restraining orders. She's tried to that they got thrown out of court. Just a of ridiculous stuff. And the judge said, you know, uh, the, the judge was somebody that crafted the California domestic violence law. And she said, if you or your, your lawyer ever bring this garbage here again, that you guys are going in. And so, you know, this is after a period of, of her calling the cops. Always the kids were there. And, and you know, I, I have a relationship with the police, specific police, <laughs> because of this. Yeah. Where they say, listen, if you know she's doing it, call this number. So we can send it and tell not to go over there. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, I've got cameras. I've got 21 cameras inside and outside our house. You know, it's good for security. But it's also good because, you know, if she says, well, this happened or that happened, I just cut the cut the film and say, you know, you, you decide. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, my, my hopes is that she get over it because it's been incredibly expensive. You know, I I was married. I, I didn't have a prenup. And I did. I said, you know, you're in it to win it, especially you're in it, you know, uh, and uh, you look out for the finances. I'm just going to work. I mean, put my head down, work. And uh, and so there's no money to be fighting over. Or, uh, you know, I think it's uh, just the last thing she did is pretty funny. I'd you, it's kind of funny, but I, I posted some of this. But uh, I, I, she filed a, a, a court, 145 counts of contempt of court, which is actually a criminal thing. So I think because she'd gotten thrown out of court with those other things, she goes, well, I'm going to do this contempt of court, which is criminal, which, as the judge pointed out, I represented myself at first that it was uh, it's over two years in jail. Right. And they are things like late on FaceTime, uh, a kid played video game. And the judge, you know, they don't like to see that, especially in family court. It just scratched them all out at all the five. He said, I don't know what this is, this FaceTime thing. And, uh, and then I did get a lawyer because he's like, Mr. Arnold, they are trying to put you in jail. And, uh, and he asked her. I have the uh, the transcripts are pretty funny. He said to her lawyer, you could tell he was pissed when we got in there. Like, do you think the punishment fits the crime here? And he's like, well, Judge, that's the law. And he said, he said to both of them, do you think this is good for the kids right. that their dad goes to jail for over two years? And, you know, they're like, well, that's you know, he won't uh, follow the the rules. (laughs) And, uh, and so, you know, and then he said, well, that's what he said at the end is, do you think it's a way, do you think it's a good use of my time? He said to her lawyer, me, the court during COVID, get a jury together, Uh, you know, and how much it's going to cost the state and how much, and then the guy's like, well, we would consider cutting it down to the minimum, which is six months of jail where you don't have to have a jury, like <laughs> just trying so bad. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the, you know, i posted a few videos of, uh, you know, uh, things that uh, she's done and, you know, coming to the house uh, I had one last summer where she tried to lure me out of the house with the kids. And my neighbor, it's just, it's, it's brilliant. I have to, you guys would love this one because that they, that she pulls up, and then my neighbor cuts around in front of her car and comes to my back door and i never was knocking on it i never see anybody in my back door and then it shows the interior the kids are getting ready to take their stuff and go to bumps and she says there is a man in the bushes in front of my house right over here and i think he's he's gonna jump out when you come out with the kids and uh you know serve you or whatever and so i, I at 30 seconds later she rang the doorbell and i go to the doorbell and say Hey, uh, uh, is there a guy like in the bushes over there? She's like, no, uh, <laughs> no. I go, seriously, the neighbor did that I go, I'm not sending the kids out there if there's a weirdo in the bushes. And then we went back in the house and she's threatening to call, she's on the thing. I'm, I'm calling, please. And so the kids and I came out in the backyard and we go, here's what, there's a guy in the bushes. First of all, I sent my son out there with his iPad. I go, son, go out there and see if there's a guy in the bushes, Fill it. And, and, and then it, it was very funny what you did. But we came in the back of the house here and he said, I said, we got to get out. I got to get you guys to your mom's car without uh, being seen here. So we did the kids are very fun. And we go out the side where this other side of the house where my car would be blocking that it got the kids in the car and, uh, and then the guy, you know, ended up throwing a stack of it was for the contempt stuff. But I think that just doing that and thinking this is a good idea. And her mom was in the car there. I'm going to get him out of the house and in front of the kids have this guy serve him you know and uh and and you know there's another video where we're riding in our car i'm taking the kids over there i wasn't filming until my son said he saw a police car behind us so i put on my cam you can't see the kids and and just how cool uh everybody was my daughter was asleep in the back and and uh a car did uh Circle, you know, do a U-turn behind us, and then my sons, my son actually wants me to get arrested and get uh, the <laughs> lights on. He loves because he wants to be a cop, you know. Well, Take and, him on uh, a ride along, they, man. I Dad said, doesn't I
0: need to get arrested.
1: Yeah. Oh no, <laughs> I'll send you this video. It's it's pretty funny. He's like my wig band you know, uh, and and, he, and he's like, uh, uh, I go just because a, a police officer did a U-turn in the street doesn't mean they're behind me. And then he's like, Well, mom is with them, and she's in her car. Uh-huh. I was like, Okay, so we pull up. And she lives on a very busy street on here in a park building. And and the intention was that she said, had her photographer, uh, a tabloid friends, ready to shoot this. And the idea was, in her mind, is like, they're going to pull him out of the car and just be, you know. But I pull up, and put, the poor cops that do this job. Let me tell you something, man. Going to uh, the domestic uh, uh, things, uh, people's house, it's, uh, you know, you can't, I can't say enough. And I've gotten to know these uh, men and women, and they they're amazing, and so I pull up. They want me to stop for the house, but there's no parking. Yeah, there's never any parking, by the way. And so I say, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down here by the bus stop, and then I just I did a U.A. in the street, and they're all my my ex wife, her sister, the family's out there, ready to finally see me taken down. And I did a U turn in the street, and then went right into the parking uh, uh, under the building. I disappeared. It was beautiful, and you can see it go dark, <laughs> and then. I get ready and you can see, I get my daughter out and she's still sleeping. And I got her, you know, and then with the, the my ex ran down the ramp and the police, the cops came down. I, I had my daughter quietly, you know, uh, to, so I didn't disturb her sleep. And it was just, uh, you know, and I thanked the cops, of course. I think, you know, I can't imagine what it's like to have to do that. But just how cool, casual my son was about it, because, you know, he's seen more cops, the cops. Some inner city kids, you know, real,
0: yeah, and
1: uh, and you know, and he wants to be a cop, and so that that uh, you know, uh, but I still want to co parent it because in the best case scenarios, but you also got to be paired, you know, uh, and I'm older too, and uh, you know, I, I had a big health scare last year, I had massive organ failure, and you know, you you think about that, you come out, you're, a, I was on life support for 11 days. And I just thought, I just kept thinking, I have to get out of here. and get my kids, and, and I was afraid that I would be uh, not because at first they're like, you know, when I kind of came too, they're like, yeah, their life's going to be not going to be the same. You're not going to be able to run around with your kids. You're going to go from here to to a rehabilitation center where your heart, and your lungs. And I was like, that, you know, that's just not, that's just not going to happen. That's not okay. And because probably because I'm blessed. And because I have this heart camp, this famous heart cap for kids, Cat Del Corazon, which is the biggest heart camp in America for kids with, with uh, heart defects and, and uh, heart disease, I know a lot of doctors. And you guys know this, you know, getting the access to insurance or, or great doctors is everything. And so, uh, you know, I'm very blessed. And I got out of there about 15 days later. Shockingly, shocking. They went, went over to her place. This is, this is, she knew I was in there. She knew I felt a support. And by the way, when I was first in there, she was still somehow because we'd she'd hired a business manager that was friends with her family. She was still by, had my power of attorney. So like she could have pulled the plug and uh, you know, right. my, my lawyer in the middle of the night went to her house and made her sign off on that. And, and so, but I went over there to pick up the kids. I had to get, you know, she wanted to go, I had to send her, some legal uh, uh, thing because you know, she's like, well, I don't, what's wrong with you? What medications are you on? And I, and you aren't you're on heart medications, but you know, and, and so I went into her lobby, which I, and uh, you know, I'd been kicked out of her banned from her lobby and, and just for, for no reason. And, uh, and I winded there and the kids run up and I am a little winded. I have to say, if you're on one of those ECMO machines for a period of time, you're a little, you know, and uh, but you don't show that from your kids. And, so they ran up, were hugging, and they all sudden I hear, he's bad from here. Upstairs, they have a second-floor open uh, uh, terrace, and she's like, he's not supposed to be in here. Like, it's <laughs> just kind of hospital. And so I, I grabbed their stuff. They had a bunch of stuff because they'd taken a bunch of stuff in my house. I had to pull this cart, and it, the street, the the stairs kind of go up, and then you kind of go up to, to uh, Barrington, and I was holding that cart like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this cart because, you know, am I, I, but I didn't want to have to sit down or lay down. And I just got it out there. And I had my uh, uh, the housekeeper who's, who looks after the kids with the shoes out there. She, she just took it, you know, original. but I thought this is, sometimes things are so funny because they're so ridiculous. And, and, uh, and I think that that, you know, um, that is one of those things that if we get on the other side of this, look back and go, well, that was pretty ridiculous. Uh, so ridiculous. It's, it's funny, but you know, uh, and, and the kids are like, you know, uh, people keep telling me, Hey, listen, when they grow up, they're going to know, they'll, they'll figure out who's who in the whole story. Yeah.
0: That's what I was <laughs> going to say earlier. And yeah. you know, man to man, dad to dad, I know you and I have we've only just yeah. met, but I know you're hoping for the co-parenting thing on the other side, but, I'm just throwing this out there. I think, uh, I think you're better off the way it is now (laughs) for
1: the stories I'm hearing. It is under these uh, circumstances, a hundred percent. And, you know, I am grateful for every day. Uh, uh, and so, yeah, it's not, you know, but it's not that I'm not, uh, you know, I, I would be willing uh, if, if, if she was, I mean, that's what be the best thing for the kids. Again, that's a true testament
0: to you and your role as a father. That, you know, that might not have been the case before you became a dad. And now look at
1: you, Tom Arnold. Yeah. Look at me. So, you know, uh, you're right. It's not, I'm also expecting someone to change uh, whatever it is about them. And, and, you know, uh, you know, I've changed uh, because I've gotten sober and I've also worked on myself and my issues, you know, I've been married and divorced four times. That doesn't just, you know, that doesn't just happen. Uh, but you got to say, well, how do I, how do I make better choices? How do I, you know, I want to show my kids that they don't have to do the things that I did. Right. And, uh, and they don't have to go through this nonsense, uh, uh, with their parents, uh, you know, as little as possible, let's put it that way. So, you know, you deal, there's worse I, every day I wake up and the kids <clears throat> were supposed to sleep in their own bedrooms. I have I did beautiful beds in this house. My daughter, <clears throat> I got the Murphy beds, and then beautiful for more space in the rooms and pink and uh, uh, you know unicorns and just everything. And it's got a sky. I, I really did hers. And then my son collects elves. I did not even want to get into, you know, like <laughs> elf on the shelf and then bigger, smaller, whatever. He collects a lot of things, you know. And and so I, I, his his bedroom, I did like like he would like it. And, you know, they got their their screens in there, their TV and their smart TVs. And they got both have gamer chairs, game like, uh like just like that one I have seen. Oh, you have a white one. My yeah. daughter's is pink, and my son is exactly like his. And but they sleep in my bed every night. And
0: I every know. Night my friggin' <laughs> my littlest. She's gonna be eight in a month, and she's yeah. slept left in her own bed maybe thirty days of her life, and yeah. fifteen of those were when she was a baby. So it's. We're thinking at some point here, I've just, I've, I've, I've stopped fighting that battle. Right, It's It's going to happen on her own. Eventually this is weird. I want to sleep in my own bed, but it hasn't happened yet.
1: Yeah. Well, my son's never slept in his bed ever. (laughs) My daughter has maybe two or three times when, when Sasha stays over my assistant uh, uh, who's just wonderful with the kids. And uh, you know, she'll say, I need a, I'm going to watch whatever show with Sasha in here and then she'll sleep in there. She does come in very early in the morning, though. And I'll tell you why I did, because I was like, "Well, it doesn't seem this going to change." It, uh, you know, there. Uh, uh, but so I'm going to get a Kraftmatic beds. Like I got two side by side. Like, and then they, they kids, well, each kid gets a remote control, and you know, uh, make it how you want it. How you going to, you know? It's also they have some massaging uh, thing yeah. to it. So I, what the rare times I get to be in there, uh, <laughs> you know, alone. I, I do that so. It, my life is built around the kids as it should be. And, uh, and I think organically there'll be a day when it stops and they're all doing their own roofs and their own friends and their own. And, uh, and, and that's the right thing, but I'm a hundred percent sure. I'll be sad about it too. I and, and know. I, you know, my kids, I have to say, they've taught me that I could live that I don't need. We had a huge house, the last house. And then we had, you know, I've had to downsize because of, of, uh, uh, of my income and, and uh, divorce, and, and then we got this much smaller house, and you know, two bedrooms, three bathrooms, very you know, I don't know if it's even uh, maybe eighteen hundred feet, seventeen hundred feet, sixteen, maybe less. It's got this back house, which helps with my office and stuff. But we really, uh, for the last couple of years uh, before their mom moved, the kids, I lived in the master suite area. We didn't go even. Everything could happen there. We could we had the bathroom there. We had, you know, and, and everything. We lived our life in this area, this small area, but big for one room, right? One, but I thought, well, we don't need all of this. And it's a good thing because you know, you, you that I can't have all of that. And uh, but but you know, we we live. Uh, I live a, a, a much simpler life, but we use everything now. Every Except
0: for their bedrooms, (laughs) right? Every square (laughs) inch, but the damn bedroom. Well, my son, thankfully, he grew out of it. He he was about three and a half, four, and he decided I'm going to go sleep in my bed, and he hasn't looked back. The issue we have now is we have a three bedroom house and three kids, and mom and dad take one. So, ten year old and seven year old share. I think Avery, my littlest, doesn't want to sleep in that bedroom because. It's not hers to herself. And of course, big brother who's been in there alone. Most of the time is automatically assuming it's all his bedroom. So here's another dynamic first world problems as parents that you have to deal with. (laughs) And, uh, you know, hopefully we're this dad cast things have become so successful. I just want a four bedroom house. So each kid can have their own room for another year. And then Chloe's going to move out and then the problem is disappeared anyway. So yeah, anyway,
1: yeah, <laughs> never gonna move out. Um, I tell you, um, I, you know the way things are, I, up, I bet. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. Uh that well, we have seven kids in my original family. So, I mean, and five boys. So my dad gave my sisters each a bedroom, and then it was a, it was a four bedroom house, and then the five boys are on bunk beds, like the freaking Whoa. army in right? the other room. And uh there was no bathroom upstairs. And so, my dad several times had to paint the side of the house because of the yellow streaks <laughs> right out of yet? our window. Because, you know, or I should say, we had to paint it. Let's, <laughs> let's not, you know, whatever damn. That's but, actually a great know, idea.
0: Uh, I never thought of that. that yeah. My window is much closer to the bathroom, is.
1: Well, you may be onto yeah, something. I mean, you could get, <laughs> if you're in the hospital, they give you one of those things, a bucket thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just bring it home. Yeah, let me tell you, you I, driving to school. And we had to drive, you know, Mulholland out here. It's so busy; it's a busy. And the kids' the schools on the other last five years on the other side of that hill. So I'd have to in the morning. We'd get in the car, and you know, they, a lot of times the kids still had diapers on, so they can pee whatever they want. But <laughs> even after that, and I brought one of I had a big mouth, uh, one of those jugs, and put you know, water or sport drink, uh-huh. and man, you got to have that ready to go. And uh, you just because there's no place for dad to pee, and especially since I'm older we get stuck in traffic and it, it's not going anywhere. And, you know, you got to just have that and just get really good at doing this and That's- always really able to clean it out when you get home, but you do what you got to do. And I've had my son, <laughs> we would drive by my lawyer's house on uh, deep Canyon up there to, uh, and it triggered something my son because i let him poop there once Oh no! And, uh, so every time we go by this same house he's like i have to poop i said no no, no. Uh, well you know it, we've uh we've uh uh they've uh we potted in the street i gotta I carry a big towel in case i had to surround them and if the kids at the, the times that the kids had to pee pee the street it's always triggered me where i take care of them and i'm like oh sh- now I have to do this, and so uh, being the kind of dad that goes with the the flow, you know, um, I think it, I think it's been helpful. Yeah, man,
0: I, that's why I yeah. got the hell out of L.A. I grew up yeah. down there, man. Thirty years of my life, I moved to Oregon, probably because the traffic. That it, it, I go and visit, and and all the anxiety comes back. It's yeah. oh, it's tragic. Oh, the yeah. traffic down there.
1: Uh, and, and the story about me peeing in the jug. You think that moms would appreciate that, but no woman nope. likes any story about you know, having an emergency pee or poo. Or no, they just don't. You know, I, you know they'll be on board. I'll be talking because I talk to a lot of moms at school. You know, when waiting outside or doing stuff, and they're on board with me until until. That, yeah, I, you know? I wish <laughs> we
0: could have spoken. You know, eight years ago before Jax was born, man, and I would have yeah. let you know that that no, 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 the poop and yeah. farts they stick with the dads on that one.
2: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah. and my daughter, because you know, she, boys, are, you know, again, I grew up in big farms, and and there's lots of places to to pee pee. And my daughter, uh, one day, we're back here, and she said, "Can I? Can I do go out? Go potty outside?" And I said, "Yeah." And then she she you know she just takes off her, and she tries she does it standing up like her brother. And then uh, that uh, it's, you know, and so the next time we were out here, she said, can I do that? I said, yeah, you can, but I want to teach you something, you know, cause you may, we may be camping or somewhere. I just want to show you. And, and this is how uh, it makes it easier for a girl to pee outside, you know, kind of bent over. I wanted her to know that. I thought that's a skill that I could give my kids. Absolutely.
0: I don't thinks, disagree with that.
1: Yeah. And so, you know, I just say what I just want to show you how it can be easier, and and, uh, and uh, this is how this is how girls pee outside. <laughs> I would have just been
0: said, you know, back in the day, this is how mom did it when we left drunk from the bar. Okay, so this is how it works. Of course, of course.
1: <laughs> you know, never know idea have an emergency. All
0: right, yeah. Tom, man, we are pretty much out of time. I mean, I'll keep going if you want to keep going, no, man. Listen,
1: listen, I want to say something. I, I yes. listened to you guys and. And uh, I, I like the way you guys look, too. I have to say that that uh, other dad things, uh, you know, you go, well, who is that guy that's talking to me? Is he seems like a, a, a teacher, an expert. And you guys are just down-home down, down home dads. And it's nice to – that's why I really wanted to be a part of this. And I hope it blows up huge. And uh, you certainly deserve it. Well, we appreciate that, man.
0: We, I mean, we pride so ourselves on being – just two real guys, man, who, you know, yeah. real normal dads who, who <laughs> go through it just yeah. like you. And, yeah. uh, you know, to hear you say that, man, that is, that is, I appreciate that, man. Thank you so yeah, very man, thank much. Thank you so much now, but before you leave, I have one request of you. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm sure you get this, maybe not for a while, but can you give me the ice cube tray line from oh. true lies?
1: I do, get that. <laughs> I do get that. There's a, there's, I've seen, there's beeves of that seed. And I believe it was when Arnold came out of uh, he just found out he thought his wife was cheating yep, on him. Yep, we're out on the street. I think it's that scene. Yep. And uh, and well, the other thing I I ad libbed was fucker with the bus because <laughs> the stunt guy was driving the bus and he about hit Arnold. <laughs> yeah. So like in the middle of the scene, I, and that was not in the script. He's <laughs> a nice guy, guy, but he got very close to us, and poor Arnold was in a daze. And, and what happened that day earlier was, I'd said to I came into work and you know I was going through a divorce, believe it or not, then too, and I said uh, you know the night before someone had come into my house and taken all the batteries out of all the remote controls, like that's all they did, and and I you know I still tried to make them work and I and I thought who's that devious that would do this, and then Arnold and I were doing uh, uh shakes, you know he came over to my house to I'll tell you before we started the movie James Cameron the director's like. Uh, would you like Arnold to come over to your house and, and uh, train with you? And I'm like, yeah, I believe I would like the greatest bodybuilder. <laughs> to ever come to oh, my yeah. home, Work out in my unused home gym. And so he came uh, the morning, the first morning we were getting ready to work and he came right during early and I opened the door. I'm like, Oh my God, I forgot you were coming, man. Everybody I've ever met is here. Okay guys, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. We're working out. And so we worked out and then uh, the next night, uh, Jim Cameron's like, Well, what time should Arnold be there tomorrow? I go, Oh, no, we're not, I'm done. Uh, he said, Why? I said, Well, now I can say I worked out with Arnold Schwarzenegger, but working out with him because he's so good, he's so excellent. He tries to help, you know, people, me. And so, first thing he does is he looks at your body, he's like, It has to give you a compliment. He starts out there, You know, uh, Tom, you have fantastic shins. Yeah. You know, and, and then he starts into my trouble spots and I got a lot of trouble spots. So, uh, but, but we, I stayed, we were doing a uh, shakes and I said, I'll still do that. We'll drink our shakes, blend them up. needs a lot of ice special, make sure that he had. And, uh, and I had a, a bunch of extra ice cube tray just filled up. And I, I came in uh, on the morning to make my shake. And there was no, the only thing missing from the house was the ice cube trays. And Roseanne had 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 she or someone had stuck into my house, and so I went to work that morning. I go and I said, I told him what happened. I go, what kind of a sick bitch takes the ice cube trays out of the freezer, like for real? And James Jim Cameron was like, say that in this next scene. And uh, so I talked about my ex-wife taking this ice cube trays out of the freezer, <laughs> you know, and oh, it it's really awesome. was real. And a lot of true lives is very real. Uh, Arnold and I's relationship is similar. To this day, he was the first person at the hospital when my son was born. My kids love him. You know, he's got a little horse. He's got a miniature horse. And and uh, I got a video. I took Jax over to his place. He's got his – and Jax had a – he doesn't grow up on a farm like me. So he took a carrot and shoved it into the horse's mouth. <laughs> and the horse bit down a little bit. You know they'll do. And I got Jax's face like, you know. Uh, so, you know, he's Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of the best human beings, uh, that I not only know, but in my lifetime, what he has done for, you know, he, he loves, he loves this country so much. Nobody, And that's another thing. I filmed in Washington DC with Arnold and, you know, the monuments, when you land in Washington DC, it's, it's so you're like, Oh my God, look what's, Oh, look, here's the, uh, the, the Lincoln Memorial and the white house and and, uh, you know, a capital, and, and you get a little chill. I do, and but 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 he, this dude, you know, he's an immigrant that freaking loves this country. And so he was, uh, he he said, uh, you know, uh, we had uh, uh, there was a stop down. We we're filming on Constitution Avenue, which is a big street there. I, I bet you can't even film there anymore. And a uh, light went out over here, and he's like, and Bill Paxson was in the back seat, and I love Bill Paxson, man, that guy was so funny. Yeah, rest and such in a peace, great man. And, and so loved life. You know, he loved every day of filming. He loved life. He loved his family. And very sad that 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 he's gone. But Bill's in the back seat. Arnold and I were in the front in this this SUV. And uh and I love making Bill Paxton laugh because yeah, I making fun of Arnold was the best way because he uh, nobody else would do that. And and Bill Paxton was very close to Jim Cameron. They started the business together. They started when they were like distressing tables they're working on sets building sets they go way back and so i you know it, i got a lot of, of fun stuff to say about jim cameron from uh, bill paxton so bill's in back and <clears throat> Arnold's like you know the the lights they burn out it's gonna be 20 minutes i'm gonna take you guys on a tour of the monuments <laughs> and again i love the monuments but seeing it through his eyes is so annoying he's like this is a, this just <laughs> <laughs> or this is what happened here. And he's so fabulous. And I'd look at Bill facts actually like, okay, yeah, that's, this is. And so we came back around the street to get back in our position. And Jim, Jim Cameron's standing in the middle of the street like this. And Jim Cameron's not a small guy. He's a six foot three, Rambo Canadian. And he will, he will do, he'll get it going. And so uh, Arnold stopped the car and he put his hands on the, the hood. And comes around to my side and, uh, and, 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 and opens his door and crawls over me and says, hey, motherfucker, you do stuff like that again. I'm going to have Paul Verhoeven finish this movie. And uh, and uh, then he gets then he uh, uh, gets out and, and I get back in the car and I'm like, are you going to take that shit for that, motherfucker? <laughs> <Right. laughs> and look at all the people watching because there's hundreds of people. And Arnold did something that really uh, is important to me. And it's a good lesson. He's like, I have to. I fucked up. And uh, and you know that's you know that was a important thing to see you know and then, but those guys are best buddies too you know everybody's still we're all still great friends and you know once in a while we get mad at our brothers our buddies and uh, um, but but it, it was Arnold's reaction like you know here at that time you know, he's the biggest star in the world he could have said oh this is but he said you know I I fucked up it took two minutes to fix that light right. not twenty. So they had traffic block on that street and that was a big deal. So, all right, guys, uh, oh, what's
0: happening? Who's that looking out the door right now? Oh, okay. You want to weep one more child? Then we'll end this thing. Of Sawyer, of get course. over here. I want you to meet my new friend, Tom Arnold. And in about two years, you know what? Screw it. We're watching true lies tonight.
1: This is Tom Arnold. Uh, Tom Arnold. I've been, uh, I've been, I'm, I'm sure they're, Maybe are some other movies you could watch. How old are you, son? How old are you? Eighteen. And
0: he's out of here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like my kid. He's ten. He's ten years old. Yeah, yeah. That's a good age. Time of your life. It's all downhill from here. Yeah, all downhill. All right, get out of here, boy. All right, but you could watch True Lies with a with a ten year old. You Uh, know, you yeah. uh, I, I, you I, it's, it's definitely awesome. should
2: watch that. It's yeah. one of the greatest.
1: Movies uh, if I yeah. had
0: if I had Arnold on the show, I would have asked him to do it's a snow cone. <laughs> it's a snow cone maker. That's one of my favorite lines <laughs> <Okay>. too.
1: <laughs> you know, my kids, my son has a poster of Arnold Schwarzenegger in his bedroom, and it's one of the ones that I like because it's early bodybuilding. Right, it's a the, really cool picture, and again, here's a guy. Let's just say it's about Arnold. Every dream he's ever had, he's done it. You know, he came to this country. He couldn't hardly speak English. He's still cat. His <laughs> name is mispronounceable. And he became the biggest st- movie star in the world. And he's such a big businessman. You know, he's a billionaire for doing things. And his charity, he's raised over a billion dollars for charities himself. And they're all kids' charities. They're all like, you know, the Inner City Games or, uh, you know, the after-school all-stars about school, about getting, you know, at, at his bodybuilding. I mean, he changed just not just bodybuilding, but fitness. Right. And he knows so much about it. And, you know, he's so, you know, uh, uh, popular all over the world, but he really is, I guess sometimes I can't believe we're friends. Like he was a guy I knew who he was when I was at the meatpacking plant, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and to be good friends with him has Been such an honor, so
0: that's amazing. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. one of my unicorns to have on the show. So, wink, yes. wink, Tom. If you felt if you really had a good time today he, and you want to drop too, a good so, word, yeah. we'd appreciate yeah, it, man. He's, <laughs>
1: he's, funny. he's funny, too. You know, you find out that he loves to laugh, man. He just loves it. And uh, if anything gets too you know serious, he just loves it. And you know, and last thing I would say is a father, he told me when Jack's born change every diaper, you know, change every diaper. Don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. You know, and, and with his first child, people would be like, Oh, no, Arnold, let me do this. I know how to do it better. And he said, that was a mistake. And then for the for the other kids forward, he did everything. and It's really bonded him, you know, with his, with his kids. So, all right, guys, have a good day. Thank you very Mr. much. Mr. Tom Arnold, yeah. I want to thank, so thank much. you. Yeah, once yeah.
0: again, thank you so much for taking yeah. the time out of your day, coming on the show. Um, I'm going to drop you one piece of knowledge and a yeah. possible seed request. Uh, yes. We've been telling all of our uh, guests here for the past um, couple months, I'm planning on doing a Father's Day episode of DadCast, something short and sweet with every guest we've had on in the past couple months. We're talking yeah. like 18 squares on the computer right, screen right, right. there, yeah, yeah. Um, a special Father's Day episode where we can wish each other happy father's day and a happy father's day to all the dads out there if that is something you'd be interested in we'd love to have you on it'll be short and sweet sometime early june um if,
1: okay yeah 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 we'll work that out we'll do that awesome man we'll and if that. not no big
0: deal you know it's just a great idea i thought and uh you know to help Those, pr- yeah, promote dad
1: also it had to be in the middle of father's day
0: no 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 no. i'm just gonna plan on no. dropping it on father's day this is gonna yeah. be recorded <laughs> well beforehand yeah let's yeah. ruin everyone's father's day for little old me
1: yeah, <laughs> absolutely. no, absolutely, and, uh, and and watch my podcast or listen to my oh, podcast. Yeah, that is right. Talk yeah, about uh, your
0: podcast real quick.
1: It's, it's very quickly. It's called Off Topic with Tom Arnold and Sasha Boggs, my assistant who lives here with the kids and I. She's a comedian. She's an actress. She's also very good with the kids. And we, you know, it's a lot of the minutia what goes on here, but also the fact is she's thirty and I'm sixty, and our, our point of view of anything, music, whatever. Yeah, she knows nothing. Let me put it that way. Right. <laughs> but you know nothing either, right? Yeah, I know nothing either. But it's fun to, uh, you know, we have a good time. It's something to do. Uh, we've done it during the whole uh, pandemic. And then, uh, you know, the Queen of Meth premieres on uh, Discovery Plus on uh, the 7th of May. And I watched the three, it's three-hour uh, episodes. And I watched it, and they did a very good job. And there's a lot about, uh, you know, parenting in there, as you can be. Bad parenting, but yeah. parenting and, and uh, sobriety. And, and there's a lot of crime, too, because the, the, the guy the main DEA agent that, that busted my sister breaks it down. And uh, so there's a lot of stuff, you know. So check that out. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you in June. All right. Thank you. Absolutely. On behalf hey, of
0: DadCast, Nick Martin, thank you so much. I am JP Tom Arnold. Thank you once again. And we will see all of you next week. See you.